Welcome to Radar Contact, the audio show that teaches pilots how to speak professionally and with confidence to air traffic control. And now, here's your host, airline pilot, author, and host of ATCCommunication.com, Jeff Canarish. Cessna 9130 Delta, Belmont Tower. The Falcon 50 taking the runway at Charlie will be departing ahead of you. Runway 25, line up and wait. Cessna 9130 Delta, runway 25, line up and wait. Cessna 9130 Delta, expect a three-minute delay for wake turbulence. Cessna 9130 Delta. Today, let's talk a little bit about how ATC handles your flight to ensure separation behind aircraft generating significant wake turbulence. As I'm sure you're aware, every aircraft that flies generates a wingtip vortex, also known as wake turbulence. I'm not going to get into an extensive discussion of wake turbulence here because our focus is on ATC communication, not flight physics. To get the full story on the mechanics of wake turbulence and how to avoid it, take a look in the Aeronautical Information Manual, Chapter 7, Section 3. For our purposes, there is one point we need to cover about wake turbulence, and it's this. The heavier the aircraft, the more wake turbulence it generates. Most of us fly relatively light aircraft, which means... Anytime we fly into or out of an airport that supports business jets and large commercial aircraft, we'll be mixing it up with aircraft that weigh a lot more than ours. This means we have to be on guard for wake turbulence. Fortunately, ATC is also on guard for wake turbulence when controlling us as we fly behind larger, heavier aircraft. Air traffic controllers have very specific rules to follow for keeping us separated from the big boys and girls. I suppose before we go any further, we had better define what ATC considers large and heavy. ATC categorizes large and heavy aircraft a couple of different ways. In general, a large aircraft is one that weighs more than 41,000 pounds but less than 300,000 pounds. This includes large business jets such as the Gulfstream 5 and all commercial airliners up to but not including the Boeing 767 and Airbus 330. The next category of aircraft is called heavy. These include the largest commercial airliners, such as the Boeing 767 and 787, of course the 747 as well, and Airbus's 330 and 380. Actually, Airbus's 380 falls into its own category. It's called a super heavy. There is also a special category for the Boeing 757, which although not considered a heavy jet, produces a very strong wake turbulence due to its wing design, and it has its own special rules for separation. Let's talk now about how ATC will handle your aircraft when you are following large or heavy airplanes. First, let's look at takeoff. When you are anticipating takeoff behind a heavy aircraft, whether on the same runway or on a parallel runway that is separated by less than 2,500 feet laterally, you can expect ATC to delay your takeoff until the preceding aircraft has traveled five miles from your position on the runway. If taking off behind a Boeing 757, this distance will be four miles. ATC may also use, as an alternative, two minutes of separation instead of the four or five miles distance, because oftentimes a jet will cover the four to five miles in less than two minutes. Two minutes is the preferred separation standard because the time interval allows wake turbulence generated by the preceding aircraft to dissipate downwards and outwards. 
If you have any doubts about following a heavy aircraft on takeoff, simply tell ATC you would like the full two minutes of separation behind the departing aircraft. Okay, let's talk about the exchange on the radio that you heard when this show first opened. Did you notice the controller in Belmont Tower told the Cessna to expect a three-minute delay for wake turbulence behind a departing Falcon 50? In case you're not familiar with the Falcon 50, it's a three-engine, medium-sized business jet that weighs, on average, in the mid-20,000s at takeoff. Now, earlier I said ATC has to provide specific wake turbulence separation for takeoff only when an aircraft is departing behind a heavy jet or a Boeing 757. So why, in this case, did ATC tell the Cessna to hold in position on the runway for three minutes behind a business jet that only weighs 25,000 pounds? Well, in this case, the Cessna was lining up behind a Falcon 50 that was departing from a runway intersection ahead of the Cessna. You remember he said, hold in position for the Falcon 50 departing from an intersection Charlie? Well, ATC has a requirement to separate small aircraft from large aircraft by three minutes when the larger aircraft departs from an intersection ahead. For intersection takeoffs where the intersection is more than 500 feet ahead, anytime the preceding aircraft weighs more than 12,500 pounds, the smaller aircraft must wait those three minutes before being cleared for takeoff. If you're the pilot in the smaller aircraft behind, departing behind the larger aircraft in an intersection, you may request a waiver to this rule. And by saying something like, Request a waiver for wake turbulence separation. You don't have to use those specific words, but do tell ATC you don't require the full three minutes. By the way, ATC cannot waive this rule, even if you tell him you want the waiver, if the preceding aircraft is a heavy jet or a Boeing 757. If ATC can waive the rule, likely what they will do is direct you to make a turn right after takeoff to avoid wake turbulence. When you put it all together, I really can't imagine anyone who would be in such a rush that they couldn't wait three minutes to avoid wake turbulence, but I just wanted to let you know that the waiver is available to you if you want to use it. Now, let's briefly touch on wake turbulence standards for landing. Anytime you're flying a small aircraft and landing behind a large aircraft, that is an aircraft weighing more than 41,000 pounds but less than 300,000 pounds, ATC is required to keep you at least four miles behind the preceding aircraft. If you're landing behind a Boeing 757, well, then ATC must keep you behind that 757 by at least five miles. And if you're following a heavy aircraft that's anything over 300,000 pounds, again, we're talking 767, A330, 747, then ATC has to give you six miles of separation minimum behind that aircraft. Remember, these separation standards are based on flight tests conducted by the FAA in very specific weather conditions. They are not an absolute 100% guarantee you will never encounter wake turbulence just because the minimum separation is in effect. Wind direction and speed may create a wake turbulence hazard even though you are receiving the minimum separation behind a larger aircraft. Do whatever you need to do to avoid or escape wake turbulence, including turning upwind or adjusting altitude slightly, but always keep ATC advised of your intentions. Many years ago, when I was flying T-34s for a small commercial operator, I was on downwind leg behind a much slower moving aircraft. Although I entered downwind 
With good separation behind the aircraft in front of me, my much faster T-34 was quickly catching up to the aircraft ahead. I had the power way back, the flaps down, and was essentially doing slow flight maneuvers in the pattern. But I still couldn't stay behind that guy. I even tried doing a series of shallow S-turns, but nothing I did kept me from slowly advancing on the other aircraft. Because I was young and stupid, this was my solution. You're not going to believe this. I turned to the right, moving to a much wider downwind, pushed the throttle to full power, raised the flaps, and passed the aircraft ahead. By the way, did I mention I did this at a tower-controlled airport? Not that that should have mattered. Even in an uncontrolled airport, this would have been a pretty stupid maneuver. So now the question becomes, what should I have done in this instance? And the obvious answer is, I should have done a 360-degree turn to build spacing behind the slower aircraft. My next question to you is this, what should I have done before initiating the 360? The answer, of course, is advise tower of my intentions, preferably in the form of a request. Why? Because if I start a 360-degree turn on my own initiative and there happens to be another aircraft behind me, I'm going to mess up the spacing between me and the pilot at my 6 o'clock. That doesn't mean I can't make a 360. I just have to work it out with ATC so the controller can work it out with anyone who may be following me. Tower, Stupid Jeff requests a right 360 for spacing behind the slower moving aircraft ahead. Stupid Jeff, right 360 approved. What about those S-turns I tried that didn't work? Should I have coordinated with Tower before making the S-turns? Well, the Aeronautical Information Manual says Tower can tolerate a pilot making gentle S-turns in the pattern without prior coordination. Of course, if you want to make S-turns that cover half a county, you should tell ATC what you plan to do before doing it. The AIM says anytime you plan to do anything other than gentle S-turns for spacing, work it out with ATC before doing so. Even S-turning, however gentle, can cause problems under certain circumstances if you don't coordinate prior. Consider flying at an airport with closely spaced parallel runways. Let's say you're on final approach for the left runway with traffic on final for the right runway. If you initiate an S-turn to the right, that is towards the runway to your right, you're going to enter something called the no transgression zone, or another way to put that is that's no-fly airspace between the final approach paths for parallel runways. If you are going to S-turn in this situation, talk it over with ATC and assure the controller you're only going to S-turn to the left of the center line to avoid entering the no transgression zone. The radio call would sound like this. Stupid Jeff would like to S-turn to the left for spacing. Stupid Jeff, S-turn to the left approved. Maneuvering for spacing in a controlled airport pattern is no big deal as long as you work it out with ATC first. Cessna 9130 Delta, for further flight following contact Fort Worth Center on 133.4. Cessna 9130 Delta, good day. Is there anything wrong with that conversation? No, not at all. You might have thought, well, yeah, the pilot didn't repeat the frequency. Actually, the AIM contains no requirement to repeat a frequency. Here's what the AIM does say in section 4-2-3, regarding radio contact procedures. Quote, when advised by ATC to change frequencies, acknowledge the instruction. If you select the new frequency without an acknowledgement, the controller's workload is increased because there is no way of knowing 
whether you received the instruction or have had radio communications failure, end quote. So see nothing in there about repeating the frequency. It just says you have to acknowledge the frequency change. And answering with your call sign is an acknowledgement of a frequency change. Now, most pilots do repeat the frequency to gain assurance that they heard the frequency correctly. If you do repeat the frequency incorrectly, the controller should offer a correction. But here's a caution. If you're in the habit of repeating a frequency to ATC, give the controller sufficient time to respond if you get the frequency wrong. I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard a pilot repeat a frequency incorrectly and then immediately switch to the new frequency before ATC could supply a correction. What about if a controller tells you to contact him on a new frequency? Cessna 9130 Delta changed my frequency on 127.6. This means you will be talking to the same controller on a different frequency. What's your obligation when you check in on the new frequency? Is it okay to simply check in with... Forward Center Cessna 9130 Delta back with you. Nope. The AIM says when checking in with the same controller on a new frequency, you should state the new frequency you are using. And it would sound like this. Fort Worth Center, Cessna 9130 Delta on 127.6. The reason for stating the frequency to the controller is it ensures the controller you are on the new and correct frequency. Before we get to your question of the week, I want to give you an update on what's been happening with my latest book, Radio Mastery for IFR Pilots. I have completed the third draft of the book, and it's now in the hands of 19 pilots and air traffic controllers for editing. I've put together this very large editing task force to ensure the book will be accurate and readable. Due to all the rules and complexities of IFR flight, ATC communication for IFR is very detailed. I want to make sure this book handles that complexity with absolute clarity. Our editing team has a June 1st deadline to make sure I got all the details in the book exactly right. As with my previous books, Radio Mastery for IFR Pilots gets the information across with storytelling, you are there scenarios, and a good dose of humor. I'll have more information about the book, including a preview reading, when the editing team returns the book to me. Stay tuned. And now, let's get to your question of the week. The FAA's next-gen program is on its way, and it will eventually affect all pilots flying general aviation aircraft. A key feature of next-gen is the replacement of conventional air traffic control radar with equipment that monitors aircraft position, altitude, and airspeed using a transmit and receive system called ADS-B. When fully implemented, almost all aircraft operating in the U.S. and coastal waters will be required to have ADS-B installed and operating. Here are your questions. By what date must all aircraft have ADS-B out, installed, and operational? And what aircraft will be exempt from the requirement to have ADS-B out? 
When you think you know the answer to those questions, go to atccommunication.com forward slash answers for complete answers, as well as full explanations of how those answers were derived. I'll have complete details on the FAA's next-gen program and how it will affect you in our next show. Music for this show was provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com on a Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. If you're flying this week, I hope you have a great time and beautiful weather. I'm Jeff Canarish for ATCCommunication.com saying be well, keep in touch, and fly safe.